This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shepard, along with my good friend, Artemis Brown. We're coming to you this week with episode one. 86 186 Artie, how we doing my friend? We're good man, we're good Coming off a uh, coming off a birthday A couple days ago Enjoyed myself Got, Old ass uh, man yeah. <laughs> Nah, I'm not old yet I'm not, I'm not claiming that old status I'm not, I'm not claiming that when, yet no, when, when do they, you claim that old status? Do you, do you claim it at when 30? When they send me an AARP card in the mail Which is another 25 years away so that's that's when you can that's when you can call me over the hill. What um, episode of the Boneyard podcast do you think we'll be doing in 25 years? <laughs> oh god. We're going to be in the thousands. We're going to be in the thousands. Look, I don't even have children yet, man. I'm not old. Stop that. Are you no, saying I'm old? No. I have a, I have a child. Yeah, but you're not you're not old yet. Jen. I wouldn't even I, say you're old. I am I am with child. But you are you are definitely more seasoned than I am because you are a father. You a pappy. I, I am a papa. Them, them gray hairs gonna come sooner than they come for me. Man, they're there. They're there. You can't see them now, but they're there. <laughs> um. Well, happy belated birthday, Artie. I told you on, on Monday night, happy birthday, and then I realized Tuesday night at like eleven thirty-five that I forgot to text you, and I was like, this man's probably asleep. He, he's an old ass man. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, so. the nights are early now. The nights are early. No, nah, that's a lie. They're not. So I switched up pretty late. I, I I can't get to bed before midnight. I, I just can't. Um, I, yeah, no, there's no way I'd be able to fall asleep before midnight. That's just not gonna happen. Nah. Um which is crazy. I mean, Artie he he has a nickname for those of you that don't know. His nickname is Marty. Because <laughs> That's he needs a morning his sleep. thing, not a not a night. Nice but, but he needs his sleep. I do need my sleep, yes. And if he doesn't get his sleep, he is a very grumpy person. But in fairness, I've always been open and honest with people. And I tell people what I need. If you're not willing to give me what I need, then you're going to face the wrath of God. That's not that's not my problem. Artemis is an asshole when he doesn't get his sleep. <laughs> it just is. He Make no bones about it. He's a great guy. But Marty, you do not want to see Marty. And I've seen Marty plenty in my life. Um, but good Artie. I, I'm, I'm glad you had a good birthday um yeah we we took uh my daughter to a to an aquarium over the weekend so that was oh, wow. fun uh, so first I, time first time going to the aquarium yeah first time at the aquarium first time at concord mills and oh, seeing fun. i mean basic i mean i basically saw unc charlotte while i was there so um yeah. which i mean that that's Concord Mills, right? It's UNC Charlotte. Um, <laughs> great dining court or dining hall. Crazy. That's if crazy. you like salsaritas, I mean. I see the shade. I see the shade. No, look, Concord's got great restaurants, man. Concord's got great restaurants. Yeah, we were, we were there for, for the day and then 
came back. But all right, already let's get into it. But before we do, um, let me let me clear up some house housekeeping. Uh, Boneyard Podcast, proud to be members of the Variety Sports Network. Um, check them out. Five hole podcast. There's going to be a fantasy football forecast podcast later on this year. Nice seven inning stretch. It is great. Baseball is getting heated up. Uh, check them out. If you if there there's other college sports podcasts on there. If you want to learn about Mizzou or or Arkansas or um or I think Tennessee's one of them. Great great podcast. Great podcast. Um, check them out. Make sure you subscribe at Variety Sports Network. If you're watching on Variety Sports Network right now, hello. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us at Boneyard Podcast or yeah. um, on YouTube. So shout out Variety Sports Network. Also shout out to the Purple and Gold Collective. Todd and his crew are doing great things. Check them out. Um, may, maybe throw some maybe throw some coin over it over to them. Help support some more uh, some more college athletes at East Carolina University. Head over to purplegoldcollective.org and uh, see all all that there is to see there. Um, Artie, before we get started, do you have a number 86? I, I know we were talking about it before. You, you said that yours might be chalk. I, I do have an 86. Now, I made I made a little bit of a change because I don't want to do chalk. I know that's the whole point of us getting away from that. So I'm not going to mention the guy that I was going to mention before the podcast. I was able to find somebody else to make a pivot. Um, I've never heard of this guy, but apparently he had a pretty good NFL right now. I would say pretty great NFL career. Um, that is one Stanley Morgan wide receiver, first round draft pick for the new England Patriots, 1977 first round pick 25 dude was a four-time pro bowler, had over 550 receptions over 10,000 receiving yards, 72 reception touchdowns. I think he played his entire career with the new England Patriots. So one Stanley Morgan, my 86 for the week. Shout out to him. Shout out to all the old heads, all the all the true Patriots. If you were a Patriots fan back in 77, you're a true Patriots fan. There you go. That I mean, you said Stanley Morgan? Stanley Morgan. That that sounds like a law firm. It, right. Right. Well, JP Morgan Chase. That's, yeah. That's finance. So there you go. Um, Stanley Steamer. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I got the jingle in my head now, man. You can't do that to me. You can't do that to me. Call uh, No free ads. No free ads, Artie. Um, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. All right. Mine, number 86. Dare I say, Hurricanes legend. He's not. He, he's really not. Uh, played all of one game. For the Carolina Hurricanes last season. Yeah, last season in the 2022-23 season. Uh, that was his final game in the NHL, Artie. Uh, his name is Andre Kasha. Played with the uh, Maple Leafs, played with Boston. Spent most of his career in Anaheim. Um, wore the number 86 his first year in the, his first year in the league. That was in 2016-2017. Former seventh-round pick. That's the last round of the NHL draft for those keeping up at home. Um, 205th overall. So, Andre Kasha, shout-out, Hurricanes legend. War number 73 with the Hurricanes. All right, Artie, let's uh, let's dive into it. we got a lot to talk about. 
Um, today, big news. The big news of the day, the American Athletic Conference got up off their butts and finally decided to announce the 2024 conference schedule for football. Yeah. Did you see this? I did. This come across your desk? So okay. <laughs> um, very, honestly, very promising schedule for the Pirates. Just going to say that. I think that this schedule sets up very nicely for, for the guys in purple and gold. And for I, for one, am, am excited for it. it. It's basically, I mean, we have the opportunity to have not only our six home games, but nine within four hours of each other or four hours of ECU. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Don't have to travel for I mean, three of your away games are, are within four hours of, of East Carolina University. Give or take a couple minutes. I, I looked it up earlier. UNC Charlotte, Concord Mills is about four hours and three minutes from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Liberty, about three hours and 45 minutes. Then Old Dominion, about two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes, if, if you're being generous. Um, your thoughts early on from, from the schedule, and, and then we can kind of go, uh, we can kind of break it down in, in parts. Yeah, I, I know we're going to break it down in, in, in more detail. We'll probably talk about, you know, best matchups, favorite games, yada, yada, yada. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's a very promising schedule, right? It's something, it's the kind of schedule that you would hope to have after coming off a two and 10 season that we just did. Now I did see some of the, some of the people on Twitter talking about 10 and two, 11 and one. I'm not going that far. I don't, I don't think I see that, but it's definitely the kind of schedule that you would like to have after coming off such an abysmal season and also having the kind of roster turnover that we've had. Um, in the portal and everything that's kind of transpired over the last few months. So um, promising initial thoughts is promising. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I'm excited about it already. I, I think, like I said earlier, I, I think it sets up nicely. You've got some tougher group of five opponents on the schedule, right? You got app state, you got Liberty, you got San Antonio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it it sets up in a way that ECU can can really make a make a run at, at the conference. It, it sets up a lot like uh, a school like maybe not necessarily like Tulane. Tulane had a tough, a little tougher conference schedule last year. But it, I, I I don't see a game in conference really outside of maybe UTSA and Charlotte. That well, I'm, I won't say Charlotte that I think every game's winnable. Even coming off a 2-10 and ten season, I think every game is winnable. Maybe that's just the bias in me. Maybe that's just the homer in me. But, I mean, remember, I already, I'm one of the, uh, what, what, what was the word that they used? Heavy downers were too negative. Word, word, I, word, I was too negative. negative. Yeah. I'm too negative. Um, but I, 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 think, I think that there's not a game on the schedule that isn't winnable. Yeah, no, I would I would agree that I don't think there's a game on the schedule that that's that isn't winnable. I would also say that I don't really see a game on the schedule that I think is a blow off for ECU either, though. 
Like I no. could definitely see us being in nail biters in every single one of these games. I could see ECU fans pulling their hair out for 12 to 14 straight weeks of this upcoming season. Cause I don't see that. I don't look at that. Like, yes, I look at that schedule and I say, okay, yes, we can beat any team on here. And I also look at that schedule and say, we could lose to six, seven, eight teams on this schedule as well. So. I, I have a feeling that you're going to know a lot about this team after four weeks. The, those weeks two through four, I mean, Old Dominion, that that's not a that's not a necessarily an easy out, right? Um, playing them on the road in Norfolk, yeah, it's not an easy out, well, right? Man, that's, that's been on a little bit on the rise too over the last right. Like App State considered probably one of the top five, yeah, top ten group of five programs right now. Liberty coming off a, a New Year's Six Bowl, where where I mean they absolutely got dismantled for because they played a weak but, schedule. But still, they, they they had a good season last year. They had a they, good yeah they had a good season and, and they return a lot. Right, right. So those three Liberty's games, I, I I think will tell you a lot. And the fact that you get App State at home the week before you go to Liberty, I, I think that sets up nicely. Right, I, I I like that you've got App State at home, then you go to Liberty. Look, we we knew that these games were were going to be on on the calendar this way, right. but I like that you're playing at home, get a chance to get a a big win at home against an App State team that's had your number the last three years. Yeah, and then go on the road to Liberty, where I mean it's a rabid fan base, going to be a great atmosphere. It's it, it's exciting, Artie. It's exciting, and I'm doing the thing where I get my hopes up way too early. As we all do. For, for the season. Um, then then you come back home and, and you play San Antonio. That that was a game that was a slugfest last year. I think it'll be a lot of the same and with a new offense. Maybe ECU can outstand, out, outlast them, right? Right. Um, then you go on the road at Charlotte. That's, to me – Charlotte last year, we should have won that game. We we were in that game. We were the thing about Charlotte, though, Jerry. We had an offense. If we had an offense already, we would have won that game. Much yes, like we if we had an offense last year, we would have probably won nine more or nine games. Right. Like, yes, we should have beat Charlotte last year, but we could have said that about six or seven other games <laughs> last year. But at the, at the same in the same breath, Charlotte's gonna be better. Like, I don't think Charlotte's taking a step back. They're going to be a better football team than what we saw last year, and we lost to them last year. So I don't, I don't think Charlotte's going to be easy out. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they will be either. I, I think that playing Charlotte, it, it's going to be a good game to play on the road. I mean, I'd be surprised if the stadium's not. Oh, that, that's going to be thirty to forty percent purple. I, I, I would. I was going to maybe say a little bit higher. I was going to say 40 to 50, but yeah. I mean, you got to think about how many alumni live in Charlotte. Live in Charlotte, exactly. It's going to be a lot of purple out there. What I will say is the conference keeps pushing this as a rivalry game, and Charlotte fans are pushing it as a rivalry game. I don't necessarily see it that way yet. I mean, it, we don't. I don't like Charlotte. I know I started the podcast by talking shit about Charlotte and calling them Concord Mills. I know I said that. But well, already, 
it, it's not on the level. I, I think App State's on a higher level than than Charlotte. Well, right? no, you, App is definitely a, a rival. App is you, App is a clear rival. You've played each other more than than ECU Charlotte. Of course, Charlotte and ECU only have the one game. To me, uh, we're not there. But if they're going to keep, if they're going to schedule us every year like they say they're going to, I, I it will turn into a rivalry. And what I'm going to say already is, if they want to make it a rivalry and really make it a rivalry and make it really matter, put it on rivalry week. Put it the last week of the season. Every year. That way, you know, every year you're going to have a game that you can drive to on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. And both fan bases, I I don't necessarily know if Charlotte will travel, but ECU will travel. ECU will travel on Thanksgiving weekend, four hours down the road. Hell, half of ECU alumni, uh, I'm not saying half of ECU alumni live in Charlotte, but a lot of ECU alumni live in Charlotte. They would go to that game. I live an hour and a half away from Charlotte, hour and 15 minutes from Charlotte. I'm at that game. Brother-in-law went to Charlotte. He's at that game. Make make it rivalry weekend if you want it to be real. That, And I mean, 49ers... You got Norm. I think that's their mascot's name. Norm, the gold miner. Yeah. Uh, you got EC. You got pirates who love gold. The the gold. The gold it, trophy. It, it, it's got to be something gold. Gold. We got, spot, we, right. The. The. Tre- I don't know. Treasure. I would love to actually play an arrival where we where we play for something like there's something. We do. Trophy we do. Handed. Which they, one is they that? Just, NC State, the Battle of the Barrel. What do we we get a barrel for that? I didn't know. I didn't know we got a you get a barrel for winning that game. Yeah, you get a barrel. <laughs> what is it just a regular ass wood barrel? Like it's just like a, it's it's like a barrel, like like a whiskey it, barrel. Is it an actual trophy, or is it just a yeah? Barrel? Yeah. Now I didn't, I didn't know this was a thing. In, NC really State. Did. So I was today years old. I didn't. It, it was the the story goes that that. Two brothers, one went to NC State, one went to ECU. They were very competitive growing up. And when their teams played each other, they would have a they'd paint a barrel, right? That got handed over to the universities. And now they have plaques on them for, for every year that the team wins. And it would be passed back and forth between the student governments. And so back before NC State took it back. It used to sit in the ECU Student Government Association office. Mm-hmm. Um, now, NC State doesn't really care as much about the the barrel because they there is, cons- right. But there is a victory barrel that is played for between ECU and North Carolina State. I did not know that. Hmm. If you didn't know that. Now you know. Now you know. Um, but no, it, there there should there should something gold. Artie, what what would what would you what would you make it? Oh God, um, man, I don't even know. Do, like a, 
what's what what's a tie-in between like a 49er and a, and a pirate? Like what what kind of gold? I mean, yeah, gold, but like I don't know, maybe, maybe like a a golden sword or like a golden I don't, I don't know, something cool. Something something unique, something different, something people ain't what, done. What'd you say? A sword, a golden 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 A, a golden what? Say it again. I said it. You What'd you what? say? Say the word. <laughs> you know what I said, Jerry. Say the word, Artie. <laughs> I'm not saying it again. Say it. I, I need to hear you say this word. No, I'm not saying it again. How do you, how do you pronounce it? I've already said it. I said it twice. Yes, but I, I want to make sure that I heard it correctly. <laughs> no, you heard it correctly. You said sword? Yes. Sword. Sword, golden sword. That's that's what I said. It's sword, 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 sword. Oh, jeez. All right. No, yeah. Let us know. Reply in the comments. Send us a send us a DM. Clip this. Send it to the sickos committee. Sickos committee. What should ECU versus Charlotte? play for the golden nugget a big ass golden nugget no i don't like that that's what 49ers are mining for golden nuggets and pirates don't care what kind of gold it is it's gold the golden nugget no you got you got to do something like a treasure chest with golden nuggets inside of it, but not just one big-ass golden nugget. Why not just one giant-ass golden nugget? No, it, it would look better with a treasure chest. Could you, ima- could you imagine like the old have, like, you have, like, actual, lifting up the golden nugget? You have the, the years of each team winning the golden nugget the chest itself, and it's filled with golden nuggets. That, that looks a whole lot better. Give me the golden nugget. I, I, I'm I'm sold on the golden nugget. I don't know. We're spending too much time on this, man. No, I, I think this is the appropriate amount of time spent on it, Artie, because we need to get down to the bottom of the things that matter, and it's what you ECU and Charlotte play for. So what? You don't even consider Charlotte a rival. A, a trophy would make it more of a rivalry. The golden nugget. Yeah, I'm not sold. The Boneyard Podcast, Highway 49. Golden Nugget Award. Book it. We, that's we we need to we need to come up with something and we need to give it to a team one of the teams when they win. And it it will be in the lore of the ECU Charlotte rivalry from now to the end of time. That's what we need to do. All right, moving on. After Charlotte, we have a bye week. Already, yeah. And then you play the uh, Black Knights from Army, the whole Army. Not to be confused with the North Davidson Black Knights, my alma mater. Nobody knows um, North Davidson, brother. I mean, shout out Bryce Williams. Come on. Nobody knows North Friend Davidson. Friend of the podcast. Um, then after Army, you come back home. Guess what? Homecoming weekend. You got Temple, the Cherry Crusaders, the Owls coming to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And then 
already a second bye week. We were talking about this before we hopped on. Two bye weeks, it's kind of interesting having two bye weeks, especially so close together. Um, your thoughts on, on, on the bye weeks and, and how it kind of shape shakes out for the Pirates? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, there are two bye weeks in a, in a four-week span. I don't know. I, 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 I tend to think those things may not be as beneficial as we may think. Um, just cause you're getting, you know, you're getting a lot of time off, you're getting rest. So that that's going to be good for guys that have banged up, especially at that point in the season. Um, you know, injuries being hurt. It's by week six, seven, you're playing hurt. It's just, that's just the facts of that's just the nature of the beast. Um, so that's going to be good in that, that aspect, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if it matters. We'll see if it doesn't. Yeah. I do like the, the bye week before army. You got two games on the schedule this year where you're going to face the triple option. Look, we're used to it. We face it every, every single year. It seems like the the American Athletic Conference hates East Carolina University. We all know that. Um, but this year, it, it's nice to have a bye week before Army. And, and I, have, I haven't checked. I don't think Army has a bye week before us. So that is, that is nice. Uh, no, they, they play UAB. They, I mean, they've got a four-week stretch of games before they play us. So that'll give us a week and a half to get prepared for the Black Knights. Um, all right. After the second bye week, Artie, after the second bye week, you've got uh, – who we got here? Florida Atlantic at home. The, the one FPS game you won last year, got them at home. That's on a Thursday night get blacked out in the boneyard and then the next week the uh the infamy bowl as i've begun to call it starting oh, now got to go to tulsa tulsa time no what kind of crazy shit is the um, is the conference going to pull this year Hopefully nothing. Hopefully it's just a regular football game with a regular ass ending. <laughs> so. Don't hold your breath, Artie. Um, and then, Artie, the, the next to last week of the season, away at North Texas, you've got two games really where, Artie, you got to go to Oklahoma, come back, and then you're back on the road in, in Texas. Pretty yeah. close to Tulsa, honestly. That that that's th- those are two, I would say two road games that you're you're not going anywhere where the the atmosphere you're worried about the atmosphere. Right, it's not you're not like walking into an electric like you know dynamic atmosphere. And it's then, not you're not walking into you're not walking into uh, Kid Brewer. You're not walking into right. Right. Uh, the bounce house. Right, you're not walking into to one of these bigger stadiums, which, Hey, I, we all love it. We bring the energy, but. You know, it's, it's funny. You mentioned that. I'm actually happy you mentioned that because when I look at these games, I actually only see two sellouts on the entire schedule. App State. App State, App State which one? And Liberty. Those are the only two games where I think it's going to be like a legit raucous environment. And even Liberty might be, Hit or miss. No, I, I, I think I think Liberty. I, I think Liberty will be 
It'll be wild. But though, but those are the two. I don't like. I don't think any other game on this schedule is going to be some sort of like raucous. It's going to be just absolutely bonkers. Like those are the only two. I I, I could see Charlotte. Charlotte's not a huge stadium. Um, now those are two away games. I don't I don't see more than one sellout. If we're calling calling it a sellout, um, at home. App State's going to be the, the biggest App, game at yeah. home. App, App State's going to be a sellout. It's going to be kind of like what, what NC State was a few years ago. I don't I don't think it's on the level of NC State. but it, it'll well, be I, I think it's going to be close. App, App travels. App's going to show up. Their fans are going to be in Greenville. They got, cars, they got cars out there in Boone? Like, like make, make no bones about it. You can joke all you want. App State's going to show up in full force. They will be in Dowdy Ficklin. And I think I think we're going to show up too. I think that game is going to be close to a sellout. I do. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think I think there's 45k. I, I'll say 45k early in the season. Weather's still nice. Like yes. that, that's if I'm an ECU student fan, that's the only that's the only home game I'm really getting up for. Like I'm as a as a as a diehard, I'm gonna I'm go to all of them. But the app game, if I'm being honest, is the only one I'm actually like super excited about yeah i uh yeah Na- navy's navy would be nice but navy is thanksgiving weekend and we always we know how that goes every right. every single year right um all right already just first glance at this schedule your 2024 pirates are blank and blank what is what are those blanks? Like you, you asking record? Yep. Seven and five. Seven and five. Seven and five. And that might be a safe number. I was actually I was wanting to go eight and four, but I don't I don't think I have that much confidence to say eight and four just yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go seven and five. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Way too early prediction. I'll be the homer. I'm gonna say nine and three, just because I do think that there's a lot of winnable games on this on this schedule. Jared, if we go from two and ten to nine and three, I mean, damn, Coach Houston should be getting Coach of the Year nominations. If that's the case, he probably would be in the American. To have that that that's a that's an extremely quick turnaround. That's quick quick. But we were oh. we we were eight win team two years ago. That's true. That's not much. True. Not. Yes, but some players have changed. Yeah, that eight-win team is gone. But there, there's you got a lot of guys on that deep from that defense still here. Yeah. Okay. You've you've reloaded on offense in a big way. Nine, and, nine and three. Look, I, I mean, I don't know. Now, Artie, I, I say nine and three, but. Would I be surprised if we were seven and five? Do I? Th- 
at the end of the day, I think we're going to a bowl game. But I do think that this schedule is set up so beneficial to to the Pirates for the first time ever, it seems like. The the American Athletic Conference has hooked up the Pirates with a with a fairly generous schedule. Right. I I, I, I I will say this, and and you could, this could be a hot take or, or or whatever, but if if Coach Houston cannot get to a bowl game with this schedule, fire fire his ass. Then that like this is the writing's on the wall. Like if you can't get six wins off this schedule, which so I mean that will say six wins. I I think that's just absolutely. I I I honestly think that. I, I would make the number even a little higher. I, I think make it uh, maybe even seven. Like, yeah, it's one extra win, but you can, you don't want to be average. You're going into what year six? Yeah, under Mike Houston. Yeah, you can't I mean, be like, even six. even a seven and five record. I would still be like, yeah, it was just eh. It was just an ass eh season. We were a whole lot better than last year, but it was just eh. All right. Already, we're 30 minutes into this episode and, and we've talked about one thing. Um, we'll talk we'll talk more about the schedule. We got I think it's 190 days, 189, something like that. Yeah, days. A long time till football. Till football. So we, we got plenty of time to break down this schedule. Um real quick, do you see this uh about the college football playoff party? I did. Your thoughts on, on the proposed 14 team format. Real quick, give, give your thoughts. Uh I I, I don't know. I, I like twelve. I don't I don't need to see fourteen. I don't need to see. I don't I don't want it to to, to become what I don't want it to become is like the NCAA uh, March Madness. So you have you know, to me it's more of a participation in it is really having the best teams in it. Like I don't need to see sixty four teams, right? Like you can you can lower that down to forty eight or whatever it may be. I don't need to see fourteen teams. Um, at that point, you're talking eight and four. You're talking nine and three. I, I think in college football, the regular season still has to matter. I think you still need to go out there and win ten plus games. I think you still need to try to compete for a conference championship. I don't think we need to be rewarding teams that just because they played a tough schedule and they're in the Big Ten and they're sitting eight and four, but they lost to four top twenty five teams, and all of a sudden they get into that fourteen field playoff. I, I don't. I don't like it. I'm good with the 12. I think the 12 is good. I think the 12 should be the match. It should be the cap, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm going to go. I, I I think the number should be 16. That's in yeah, my I mean, If you're going to make it 16, make it a top 25 and call it a top 25. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think it should be the top. And here, here's why I think it's the top 16 that makes sense. You're not adding an extra week. You just remove the buys from the top four. You're not adding an extra week of games, okay? I I don't necessarily. I mean, I get like wanting to have a buy, but I also see how it could set up for some. I don't want to call them trap games, but I, I see how it could set up that way. Mm-hmm. I, I like sixteen game or sixteen teams because it, it's eight and eight, one play sixteen, top six eight, automatically qualify. As top six conference champions automatically qualify, 10 at-large bids, those are your your next 10, right? 
I like I like that layout. You're probably gonna get you're probably gonna get an American Conference or Sun Belt Conference team in there almost every year, if not every year. Put them at six. They play. I, I don't have it worked out. Well, they play twelve. No, they they play like eight, nine, ten, something like that. I don't know. I've basically named every number. They six plays. Whoever one place sixteen, so on and so forth. I like that. I like that layout. I just do. I, I think it sets up nicely. You're not adding an extra week to the schedule. One place sixteen. Hell, if you want to give those four top four teams an opportunity to pick who they want to play, I'm all for that. Yeah, well, once you, I mean, once you get to that, though, you're not you're not talking cream of the crop in, in the conference, right? I mean, you're talking maybe a team that was third or fourth best in their but, conference. Do they really deserve to be competing for a national championship? But but that's – there's an idea floating around right now of that, exactly, that the top three teams from the Big Ten and the SEC are automatically in, which, granted, they it's the SEC and Big Ten. Which, I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna obviously be much better conferences than, than any other conferences. They're right. Just, but – but then you're getting two teams from the ACC. I mean, who was the second best team in the ACC last year? God, who was it? Louisville? It was Louisville. Louisville? And, yeah. and Louisville was not a team that should have been playing competing no. for that. They had a really good season, but they weren't a top, they weren't a top 12, top 14 team. And, and same goes for the Big 12. I mean, why do they each deserve two teams? Hey, six automatic qualifiers, then let's go, okay, top 10 after that. Because number one and number two are probably going to be from the SEC Big Ten, those two conference champions. Then you're going to have three probably right now, what, ACC champ, Big 12 champ probably over ACC. If the Pac-12 figures it out or figures something out, who knows? I don't think that they should get an automatic qualifier. Pac- but I think 6 Pac-12 and 10 make is, plenty yeah. of sense. There is no Pac-12. So, I, I, I just think it makes sense. Give me 16 teams. Make it even. I don't want no buys. It's college football. Um. All right. Already ECU basketball uh, since last speaking. They've lost two games. Tough loss to Rice by double digits, 70 to 52. Game just ended against Memphis. Penny Hardaway and crew um, beat the Pirates in Menji's 82 to 58. Um, Felton had 19 points, nine rebounds. What is going on with my phone? I don't know. Just start playing. Um, yeah, 82 to 58. I'm looking at it on my phone. Uh, RJ Felton, 19 points. The the Pirates just kind of fell off the wagon um, against against Rice and Memphis. Your your thoughts on on where we are right now? I mean, this is <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I saw like a broken record, man. This is just ECU basketball. This this is what we are. Um, back and forth, back and forth, up and down, topsy turvy, and sitting at what are we? Are we are we at 500 now? We at 14 and 14. We're 14 and 14 on the year. So we are exactly where I thought we'd be at this point in the season. 
we are right on pace to finish the way I thought we were going to finish. So that's really all I have to say. <laughs> we're, we're all we're on pace. I called it. We're going to finish the way I thought we were going to finish, either a game over or a game under 500, and, and that's ECU basketball. That's the state of ECU men's basketball. So, yeah, I mean, and you got North Texas, who's 15 and 12 on the year, coming up this Sunday. Then you're on the road again on Wednesday at SMU. So you're staying in the state of Texas. SMU, I mean, SMU's put together a sneaky decent season, 19 and 9. You Charlotte's um, together a good good season. Charlotte's 17 and 10. Hell, USF's in the top 25. Yeah, yeah. South Florida's I mean, in, in a in a season where I really thought FAU would run away with this conference. There's been some surprises. Some this is a good surprises. basketball conference already. Yeah. Because I really thought it was going to be FAU and then Memphis batting, you know, batting second. And I thought that was really going to be it. South Florida is they've South, got 20 wins, right? South Florida is 21 and 5. 21 and 5. That's excellent. They're an excellent basketball team right now. That that's what we need for EC to, to do. We need to and they came out of nowhere. So good for them. Good for South Florida. Um yeah. Next two games on the road. And then he, then he finished it out at home against Charlotte. Um, end of the season can't come fast enough. But, hey, let's make some noise in the, in the tournament. Not saying win it. I'm saying let, let's let's mess somebody's dreams up. Um, women's basketball, now 15 and 12. Still fighting. Already on the season. Um, your, your thoughts on, on, on the Pirates? Yeah, they're, they're still fighting. I know we had like a, a triple or, or or quadruple overtime, four overtime loss to yeah, North Yeah, that Texas. was tough. You know, they're they're currently the best team in the conference, right? I think North Texas is sitting sitting at number one. At least they're close to it. They're, they're that's a really good basketball team. In they're they're twenty one and seven on the year. Yeah, uh, lost by two good. points in quadruple overtime uh, on the road. Yeah, that and, that and that's one you needed, right? I mean, that would have put us at what sixteen and eleven. Um, so that I mean that's that's when you would really want it. It hurts. It sucks. But just to see these 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 women still fight though, like the the fight is still there. We can still absolutely get into the conference uh, mm-hmm. tournament. Still make some noise if you want to. Uh, but that one sucked. That one definitely stung a little bit. Yeah, ECU's five hundred in, in conference play, fifteen and twelve on the on the season, eight and eight in conference. Um, believe it or not, Artie Tulsa is number one in the conference. Right now, twenty-one and eight. Granted, North Texas has a game in hand. Um, so that's that. ECU's just in basketball. Hey, we're middle of the pack. We're not, we're not bringing up the rear on on either side. Right. But it leaves more to be desired. Yeah. Um, this Sunday, home against Temple Senior Day. Go support the seniors, and then uh, on the fifth, on the road at Charlotte. Um, so get out there, support support these ladies. Anything else on, on basketball, Artie? I've got no notes. Yeah, no, I've got no notes on basketball. All right, well, softball, Artie. I mean, these ladies need to be ranked. I know they lost last night to NC State and. Honestly, they got blown out 11 to 1. But 
They're 16 and 2 on the season. Come on now. Can we can we can we get some credit for many, for these ladies? How many games do you have in a in a softball season? Do we know? 50, probably more than that, honestly. Well, I think it would be between 50 and 60, right? So I mean they still got a long way to go, but 16 and 2. This, I mean, in what world are you 16 and 2? And you don't even have like recognition. You don't even have to get, get any votes, right? I don't even know if they received any votes. I don't think they did. So I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how they don't have any votes. It's insane to me. Rank these girls. I don't know. Um, going off, off what's been going on, I mean, another strong week. They won every game in the Pirate Invitational. Pirates faced their first opponent with postseason aspirations in NC State where they fell 11-2. to two. NC State now leads the all-time series 16-9. to nine. Hey, that's all right. Um, the NC State's a good, good, good team. Um, all right. This weekend, the purple and gold invitational this weekend will play EC will play app state at three o'clock on Friday. I'm not sure if the times have changed. I know the times have changed for baseball for the Leclerc, Leclerc classic. Um, I'm not sure if the times have changed for, for softball. Um, but as of right now, Supposed to play App State at three o'clock tomorrow. Then they play Youngstown State at five thirty tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Again, we'll play Youngstown State at twelve thirty on Saturday. Then play St. Joseph's at three p.m. on Saturday as well. Um, lastly, they'll play App State one last time at twelve thirty on Sunday. They host Duke in a doubleheader. For a painted black set of games next Wednesday, the, the 6th. First game starts at 4 p.m., followed by the 6 o'clock game. Both will be aired on ESPN+. Plus. Shout out, friend of the podcast, pod, Boneyard Podcast team member, Courtney Layton. I'm sure she'll be calling those games. Um, EC looks to make up ground with a 1-5 record against the, the Blue Devils. Already, let, let's just say ECU... Goes five and zero this weekend, and splits the doubleheader. So you go six and one. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at twenty two and twenty two and three on the season. How are you not going to be ranked? No, I think I think I mean if they do that, I think they will be ranked. I, I think if you're sitting at at, at twenty two and three. I, I mean, there, there wouldn't be 25 other teams in the country with that record. There just wouldn't be. And if so, then it's going to be the greatest year of women's softball ever. So I don't know how you would pull that off and still not be right. I mean, you've got number eight in the country is eight and four. Come on now. You know how it works, man. 
you know how it works. They 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 look at these power schools and all the schedule, and they're placing you know playing better competition. And you guys ain't played nobody, even though you're beating everybody on your schedule. You know how it works. I mean, Boston University's receiving votes. That's what I'm saying. We're not even receiving votes. It's one thing to not be ranked. It's another thing to be that good and not even be receiving votes. Yeah. I I don't know. Already, I, I believe there's 60 games in a in a softball. They've got, a ways, they've got a ways to go, but still. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at. I'm looking at, at some of their results. Played Duke. This is Boston University. Played Duke. Uh, lost four to two. Um, Duke is a Duke's ranked sixth in the country. Oh, so you, this is gonna be this is gonna be a you, huge huge matchup. You take one from Duke, and you're twenty three and. 22 and three. Yeah. And you take one from a top 10 team. You better be ranked. All right, Artie. Anything else? Nah, rank these girls. Rank these girls. Interview with, with coach Jason Dietrich, head coach, Cal State Fullerton. And former ECU pitching coach uh, of East Carolina University uh, talked about his time in Greenville. Talked about we talked food, we talked a little bit of everything, uh, his career. Uh, so we hope we hope you enjoyed this interview. It gave us a lot of energy um, in in preparation for the Keith McClare Classic this weekend. <laughs> And Cal State Fullerton head coach, former ECU pitching coach, Coach Jason Dietrich. Coach, how's it going, my friend? Good. How you guys doing? Appreciate you having me on. Doing well. Doing well. Pleasure's all ours. For sure. So, I mean, you're you're traveling cross country this week. I, I, I know that the season's kind of just getting started for y'all. I mean, how, how's it been the first two weeks for you um, now preparing to go to go cross country? Uh, the first couple of weeks been, you know, interesting, so to speak. Um, you know, we have a whole new team uh, for the most part. I mean, a lot of new guys and experienced guys. So we're just trying to figure out uh, who can do what, uh, give them opportunities. Um, you know, played at Stanford, did well there, but they're kind of in the rebuild, so to speak, too. But they're kind of rebuilding also. Um, and then this last weekend is Fresno State. I thought Fresno State was a solid team. They did a good job. Um, you know, their starting pitching did well against us and, uh, again, we just got things to work on and learn, but play tomorrow against Loyola Marymount and then uh, hop on Wednesday to head out to uh, North Carolina. I know I'm excited. Our team's excited uh, to play against three quality opponents, but also to go back to Greenville to see a lot of familiar faces and some friends there, uh, myself, and my family. And we're looking forward to it. Love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And coach, you know, talking about Kyle State Fullerton, you know, obviously that's one of the most storied programs, you know, in the history of college baseball, you know, four national championships, 18 college world series appearances. You know, what is it like to be the head guy for such a historic program in Kyle State Fullerton? What is it like being, um, you know, that, that head guy and what is the culture you're trying to set um, being the head men there? 
Well, first and foremost, it's very humbling. I'm very appreciative and thankful for this opportunity. Uh, you know, I had a chance to be an assistant here. I grew up around the program going to games. Uh, so I kind of saw the style and to follow in those footsteps of Augie Garrido and uh, Larry Cashel and George Horton and Dave Serrano and Rick Vanderhoek. Um, those are big shoes to fill. You got some, some Hall of Fame coaches right there. Uh, but that's, like I said, that's the blessing and, and, and the, the appreciation I have is the respect also I have for the program uh, to come back to be able to lead it. Um, and it's, uh, like I said, it's, I always pinch myself at times, but, you know, I've been thankful. Uh, and then what we're trying to do is just, you know, like I said, it's just, it's easy to kind of, you got to dig in and figure out what, what what's going on here uh, when I first came back. And then we're just, uh, the culture we're creating, just, you know, working hard, being accountable, doing things right on and off the field. Um, a lot of things, you know, that I've picked up from all the coaches I've worked for, uh, you know, with Cliff Godwin, obviously being a guy I took a lot of good things from. Uh, he helped me tremendously along with the other coaches I've worked for. But that's the stuff we're implementing. You know, we want to play the game hard. Uh, fundamentals are at a high level. The details are important. Um, so this is a program, like I said, we're, we're excited. Uh, but we I think this year is going to be we're just going to grind through some not ups and downs, but just some there's going to be a big learning curve because we're just trying to figure out you know, with a bunch of young guys. Uh, that we just got to be patient with them and help them grow, help them develop. Um, we're excited. You know, like I said, we're excited to play this week, but also just see the progression of who we can make from here on out. For sure. Yeah. And you, you talk about being a young team. You do have two junior outfielders that, that I want to touch on Colby Wallace and Mo- Moises Guzman. I mean, they seem, they seem to be hitting the ball. Well, talk to us a little bit about those two guys. Are, are they the ones that are, are kind of leading your offense? Maybe, maybe, some guys that ECU should be aware of this weekend? Yeah, Moy Guzman is a guy that played a good amount last year for us. Um, he's one of the three uh, returning position players that we had that got a lot of uh, at-bats and experience. Um, you know, he had a kind of rough fall. He hurt his back. So he's coming back into it, but he's someone that brings energy, plays hard, uh, someone that we're going to count on. Kobe Wallace didn't have too many at-bats last year, but that's, as you know, sometimes hopefully – it just takes them to get confidence and, and more experience. And he's starting off to, uh, the season pretty good. He's someone that he looks the part. He, you know, he's physical, big left-handed hitter. Um, it's just a matter of him getting out there and we're going to keep playing him and uh, figure out what he can do. And hopefully he can stay within himself and continuously grow. You know, this game is about confidence. So hopefully he can keep on have some quality ABs and, and kind of just be a mainstay in the lineup. And coach, you know, I've always been curious to, to ask, especially a college baseball coach, what is a typical in-season day in the life look like? I mean, what is what is that day-to-day grind, that kind of, um, you know, life look like on a, on a day-to-day basis, especially when you're in-season? We're talking about just from a coach or a player? Yeah, just, just from a coach perspective. Uh, well, <laughs> when the season starts, in essence, there's really no days off. Um, you're going um, Monday uh, – Monday through Sunday, uh, you have today is technically a day off. You give the players a day off, mm-hmm. um, but we're in the office. We're going over Loyola Marymount, talking about our uh, the trip details for ECU. Uh, we're, we're talking about this last weekend, um, things that we can get better at. Um, so it's a lot of little things. You're going to then talk about recruiting. We can go back out March 1st. So a lot of we had a big meeting today, went over all kinds of stuff as a staff. Uh, and then we have to get you know, obviously we're getting prepared for tomorrow to play Loyola Marymount. So that was a big topic. Um, just making sure our guys where their bodies are at, talking to our trainers and their strength guy. So that's kind of like today and then tomorrow we play. And then Wednesday is a practice day. They get on a red eye. They head to North Carolina. Thursday they get in and they have a light practice and then play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, head back Sunday night. 
Um, that's kind of typical for a season because usually every Monday it's declared an off day, but there's so many things going on. So when season goes, uh, in essence, we don't we don't stop as coaches. The days we get off are uh, Easter on a Sunday, and then um, you know uh, I think that's unless you have a rain out or what have you, and then you got to try to make up that game. But that's kind of what it is. That's the, the the things that we've done for. I've done this for a long time, and it's just the sacrifices that your family understands, and it's part of just the journey. Um, like, you know, that we, we kind of go through. So um, it is what it is. But you know, like I said, you get in your routine and you just you do it because you, you have love and passion for the game of baseball and helping these young men. Absolutely. Love it. And coach, I mean, transitioning from from a pitching coach, you, I mean, you, you were pitching, you were a pitcher, been a pitching coach all over the place. Now it, it's it's your your job. It, it's your place. You're, you're kind of the guy that that's running everything. Talk to me about that transition for you um, coming from ECU and then all the other places you've been. You know, the, when you're just a pitching coach or an assistant, you pretty much have, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z as your responsibilities and you make sure you do them at a high level. Um, now as a head coach, there's uh, all kinds of different hats that you're wearing and making sure that you're staying on top of everything um, from your responsibilities I'm still the pitching coach, but luckily I have someone uh, that can help me with that and assist with kind of just watching things, the day-to-day, um, you know, throwing programs, the bullpens and all that stuff. So the transition has been a little interesting for me, to be honest with you. The first year, uh, I didn't think I balanced it that well because I felt I had to do so many other things with the team uh, and outside the team with facilities to, you know, donors to alumni and relationships there, uh, anything on campus need to be done, the recruiting side. So, I think this, the learning is like anything in life, right? You just need to get the experience and get out there and do it. But I've been, got, I've gotten better uh, now my third year of being able to balance it a lot better, make sure I'm putting in as much time as I can with the pitchers and their development uh, and doing as much as I can to help them continuously grow. Because I felt like kind of not neglected on purpose, but you just felt you were getting stretched in so many different areas. Um, you know, I was trying to prioritize my responsibilities. And sometimes I was leaning towards other things I felt were more important and the pitchers might have kind of uh, didn't get as much as I probably should have given them. And so I learned for last year, I got better, and I'm continuously growing in that aspect. So those are things I'm learning, but it's been great. Like I said, I've had great people uh, with Cliff Godwin, Rick Vanderhoek, George Horton, and Mike Gillespie uh, be great mentors and great people have helped me uh, learn how to do all these things. So it's, it's helped me with where I'm at today. Gotcha. For, for sure. And I, I want to kind of have a follow-up to that kind of, going into the day-to-day that, that Artie was talking about. Uh, I mean, scheduling always interests me in, in college baseball, especially when, when I mean, a game like this gets scheduled. East Carolina, Cal State Fullerton, I mean, opposite sides of the country, really. And, I mean, two historic programs. I mean, obviously, you have that, that connection to Coach Godwin. Talk to me about what goes into scheduling this this kind of matchup or – any, any other kind of non-conference games? Yeah, usually scheduling, um, you know, it's crazy. Is you're trying to schedule a year or two in advance because um, you know what your uh, non-conference weekends are. So you usually have that ahead of time so you can plan, you know, the first three or four weeks. Uh, now we're going to a conference tournament in 2025. So we used to have four weekends. The first four weekends were open. And you're always trying to figure out, hey, can we have two at home and two on the road? Uh, you're wanting to challenge yourself. I believe our, our philosophy is we want to challenge our guys uh, to play against quality opponents to see exactly where we're at 
so we can evaluate ourselves. And we want to go to places that are going to be an opportunity for them. Some of these guys have never gotten out of California before. Uh, so you're just wanting to show them exactly. It's still baseball, but you get to go in environments and places that uh, are pretty special. And that's when I talked to Coach Palumbo about a year ago uh, about scheduling. And he said that at an open spot. I'm like, hey, man, let's let's figure this out. Let's get it going. Love to, I'd love to come out if you guys are wanting it. And he goes, yeah, let's talk to Cliff. And uh, we made it happen. And like I said, it's, yeah, it's coming across. It's coast to coast, but it's a great opportunity for guys to learn. And I think they're going to be – And I, I mean, it's like anything. I tell them, like, guys, it's going to be an unbelievable environment and atmosphere. You're going to really – you need to really appreciate it and soak it in. And, you know, they're going to be all over you, but that's the fun part, man. you got to learn to play in places like this uh, in order to grow and get better. Uh, it's like anything, right? If you go to – if you're blessed with one of the 64 teams uh, that's going to postseason – you want to make sure that they're battle tested and they want to go places and see what it's like and, and be in environments that are tough. So when you do get shipped somewhere because you can't host, then you want to make sure, like I said, you're battle tested and, and these guys know what it's like and they can do their best because they've been there and done it, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, coach, talking specifically about your relationship with coach Godwin, what is, what is that relationship like? And, you know, what has he kind of maybe helped done for your career? Um, and also, you know, just your time at ECU. Yeah, Cliff's a great guy. Uh, it's, I don't know if you guys do know, um, Cliff and I, the only time we crossed paths, I think it was in 2008 when I was at UC Irvine, and he was at LSU as an assistant coach. Um, we played against each other in a Super Regional. Uh, that was the last uh, games ever at the Alex old Alex Box Stadium. And I was in director of operations at UC Irvine. Didn't talk to Cliff when I was there. Just knew that I remember him. And then, um, you know, the crazy thing is I, a guy named Bryant Ward, who's at UCLA, played at ECU. Um, and so when this, I saw ECU opened up, I just reached out to Bryant and like, hey, can you call my behalf? Uh, I, you know, I always follow the program. I'm kind of a baseball college, college baseball junkie, so to speak. And I knew how good ECU was. And just to speak on my behalf, and he did. And, you know, I talked to Cliff. I'm sorry, I'm kind of dragging this, but I just want you to understand a little bit of background. But it's... um. You know, like I said, he gave me an opportunity. I'm so blessed. One other interview with my wife and, you know, for him to extend that uh, opportunity has been a, you know, it's, you think about it, it's you're, you're wanting to do well, but to have him do that, uh, it means a lot to me. Like I said, I'm, I'm indebted to him, but it, it, what's grown is a, a great friendship uh, that I have with him and all the coaches on that staff. Uh, so I'm very blessed. And that's why I tell people baseball is very special, it's special, man, because you can, the relationships you build with people. And like I said, Cliff and I didn't know each other. Uh, four and a half years ago, but we talk a good amount. Uh, I still have a house in Winterville, so I go back there frequently. Um, and then I get to visit those guys and hang out with them. And uh, so it's it's something that's special. And I'm very thankful. Uh, like I'll call him and go, hey, man, you got to help me out. I'm, I'm kind of lost in some of this head coaching stuff. You got to you know, break it down and he'll, t- he'll jab at me a little bit to get me going. But that's that's Cliff. He's, he's awesome. He's a good person, as you guys know. Yeah, love you. Yeah, I love you. Love Cliff. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna joke that the uh that y'all decided to schedule just so that you could come back out and, and eat some sup dogs. Um, <laughs> talk talk about some of some of your favorite memories or, or whatnot from from ECU and, and being in Greenville. It's crazy, you know, come I mean, I'm from California, uh, but the crazy thing in life is that um <laughs> playing professional baseball has allowed me to travel when I was, you know, drafted by the Rockies. So I was in Ash, uh, Asheville, North Carolina uh, for one summer and Salem, Virginia. So I had a chance to go through North Carolina's uh, or North Carolina uh, in Virginia. And my wife is from Virginia. So 
I've been back east a lot. And so North Carolina is always a place I thought was beautiful and nice. Um, and so going back and going to Greenville, an opportunity and, and just the people there are awesome. You know, not knowing, you haven't been there, um, just the people, the community. And I, you know, knowing that they're huge baseball fans, they love the game. It's, it's, it was awesome. And just being there in general, like I said, there's the great thing is like there's so many little um, like mom and pop places. It's not there's not a lot of brand names, you know. You got Cubbies, like you said, Sub Dogs. You got Altavola. There's so many places we love to eat out there and go to and just hang out. Um, but the times there, like I said, we that's why we kept our home. Uh, to be honest with you, maybe some when when that time comes, I think we'll be heading back there to uh, um, you know my time is done in baseball and we want to retire. Uh, we're looking to hopefully get back there because that's how much that place has impacted our life. And uh, we really enjoy it there. And we have a lot of friends there. And uh, like I said, we've, um, ECU is a part of our life. And so we're excited. Yeah. And, you know, Coach, one of the last questions I have for you, because I'm just curious about, you know, your perspective on this. When it comes to college baseball, what are some of the traditions that you find in college baseball that you can't really find in any other sport or any other level, but you just it's it's you know, kind of specific to college baseball that you love so much? It's a good question. Kind of put me in an interesting spot. Um, I think the one thing I love about college baseball is just you see the when you have a bunch of young men that, that have a passion for the game um, and then you get to go places to play, just to play the game of baseball throughout mm-hmm. the United States. To me, that's what it's just the energy and the enthusiasm, the different areas that uh, we've been blessed to go to as a coach and as a player. I mean, all the different cities, different universities, college baseball, it's just, it's just, there's nothing like it, man. They always say, what is the greatest show on dirt? Um, It's so true. It it is because it's just so much fun. And like I said, it's just the passion that these guys have. And and when you have a good team and a good bunch of players to see the growth and knowing that you're, you're having that special year, so to speak. And then you get to that postseason and then, you know, um, and see what happens because anything can happen, right? When you get in there, you punch your ticket. Uh, but that's one of the things I enjoy most as coaches. When you work so hard in a whole year, then you you really work hard for that 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 postseason. Uh, to be honest with you, because it's sixty four teams, and then anything can happen. And you know, I've been blessed to have been a part. I think five super regionals and one trip to Omaha. And obviously, your goal is to get to Omaha to compete for a national championship. But to do the journey uh, with all those guys, that to me, what's college baseball? It's just so much so much fun and you get chances to be around, you know, different places you never thought you would be and, yeah. and just to play baseball, you know, like I said, that to me, was, that's what's unique. And, and the popularity is getting nowadays with all this ESPN plus it's on TV all the time. Um, you're talking about the the ratings were the highest ever at college world series. Um, I think they're just seeing the enthusiasm, the passion these, these, uh, these 18 to 22, 23 year olds have, and it can be infectious. Um, and that's what, that's why it's so demanding. And, and that's why a lot of programs, you know, the power five guys are getting better and we got to keep working harder because mid majors where it is what it is. We don't, yeah. we're labeled that, but our mindset's always going to be, we want to be the best and we're going to do little things to compete at a high level because that's what Fullerton's done. And that's what we believe. So. Absolutely. And, and to that point, I mean, coach, everybody talks about the 11.7, right? The 11.7 scholarships that baseball gets, Right. What changes to college baseball would you make to, to improve the game? Well, I think that 11-7, you know, it, it is, you're talking about there's so many different schools that have some tuition books and fees could be up to $50,000, $70,000. Luckily, being at state schools, ECU and Cal State Fullerton, we don't have those 
so we don't have to pay the in-state, you know, uh, but I think that's where the NIL money is coming in to help other people to supplement, not just the scholarships, uh, they're being able to pay players that they're getting everything paid for. Um, to me, it's like, they, I wish they could monitor that better because you're getting a lot of kids, especially in California. Now they're all leaving. <laughs> a lot of good players are heading to the bigger schools because uh, they have better facilities and they're getting uh, more money because resources are there. And so uh, we have to deal with that and that is what it is. Um, so it's, it's just monitoring that they can extend that more. I think it'd be great for the scholarship reasons uh, just because 11 seven, like I said, it's, you're giving up the best you can amongst 27 guys. That's the maximum amount you can give you know, up to 27 players on a roster. So you're, you're doing your best to, to give that out. And like I said, some get financial aid, but this NIL is something that we're a little behind the eight ball because we're working hard at it, but we're getting some, a little bit of treadway going where we can um, hopefully people are the donors and they're doing their own thing to figure out how it works. Cause as coaches, we can't be involved, but they're finding ways as, you know, as a department to help us, kind of uh, continuously grow and keep guys, you know, because some of those big boys are trying to pluck the, the mid-majors going, we got money and we're going we're gonna to kind of bully you around a little bit because we want to – and again, I get it. I'm not – you know, we're doing our best to build relationships with our players and we want to keep them here. Uh, but we understand that some of these guys don't have the resources in their life and it can help their family. So um, I just think they can monitor that a tick better. That that'd be, you know, for me, I'd like to know, unfortunately, who are the ones that are not doing it right. Uh, and and kind of they need to be punished, so to speak, for um, doing things kind of, you know, in the manner that everyone was playing by the books. Uh, so, yeah, there's, you know, that to me is one of the things I think that should be monitored. And, and, and I don't know how you do it, but that's not for the sort of the NCO AA to figure out. They're the ones that's created this. So I think they need to figure out how to do a better job and make sure. Because the playing field, I think at times is, we feel it's separating a little bit right now. Um, and, and, as we continue to work hard uh, to keep on growing in college baseball, there's a little bit of a shift right now, as you're seeing. Um, and that's something that, you know, for to continue with the 300 division one baseball programs, we all need to make sure we're doing our best to keep us all to as equal as possible. And it's not going to always be that way, but we understand and we're okay with that, but there's still like, you don't want to be a, okay, these, power fives are going to branch off and do their own thing. And then everyone else are in a different division or a different one double a now. I don't know. It seems like that you can go in that direction. Uh, I'm not sure, but you're hearing all the rumblings out there and there's always all the hearsay. Hopefully it's, <laughs> that doesn't happen, but crazier things have happened as you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and thank you honestly for the, for the candid answer. I, I, I love that. Um, I, I just have, I, I just have one more question and I, I kind of joked about it earlier about going to sub dogs. We, we ask every guest that comes on the Boneyard podcast this question. When you go to sub dogs, I'm sure. Are you taking the team this weekend to sub dogs? Are you- I'm not. No, I'm not taking them. I've like greatest things. I've only been there once. Okay. Oh, wow. Once. Yeah. So I've, I'm kind of that coach going, no, that's a popularity. And that's where all the guys are going to be and students. I'm kind of the one that goes, let me go away from those places Okay. Uh, because you know family so i'm kind of like i'll go away to different places and i've only been there once but it was with some former players um and just to have i forgot what i got to eat but uh, oh well that, that was gonna be the question was was what was your sub dogs order but if you can't remember that's fine what, what was what was maybe then your your favorite place to eat in, uh, in greenville or well we have there's numerous places sam jones is a place i mean the best wings i believe are there uh, Alcavola is a family place we love going there for the italian food 
that's there. So those are just two that come to mind that we really love. Obviously, um, Wasabi 55. Uh, that's a good little place. Like I said, we have random places that uh, Cubbies, like I said, I like going there too. It's, you know, it depends on kind of what mood we're in, but there's a lot of great places to eat there. And we're just, um, so we try to venture off to make sure we're uh, going to the support all the, the, you know, the local restaurants because they do a great job. And the food's great. And that's why I got to keep walking and exercising and doing something. Thanks. For sure. Yeah. And then um, I, I did think of one last question that, that I wanted to ask. And I meant to ask this earlier. You talked about the environment in the jungle. We, we saw the great matchup yesterday, ECU Carolina. Um, have you talked much with, with the outfielders? I know you said you mentioned it, but have you talked to them about, about what to expect going into the jungle? I told them, I go, it's going to be very quiet out there. Maybe <laughs> a little church, church, church mice will be out there. So just, you'll be fine. So don't say anything. I just said, Hey man, I can't prepare you for what's going to be out there. They're going to know a lot about you and they're going to be on you, but they do it. And I'm very, you know, it's just, that's what's a home field advantage is all about. Um, I just said, Hey, it's something you're, I told all that for just enjoy it, man. Relish it, have fun. Um, don't ever take it personal, but I go, that's, you're gonna experience some, some fun stuff out there. And like I said, that's what it's all about. You, you're gonna see what it's like to see what a, a passionate fan base is about. Um, so I, I, I shared a lot of that with them and I go, but guys, I can keep talking to you about it, but until, you know, until Saturday, you're not going to know what it's really like. So just, just, I want you to take a step back, take that good breath and enjoy it. Because like I said, they're going to be, it's going to be a good, good crowd there. Um, and they support their pirates at a high level. And like I said, it's one of the, for me, and I'm, I don't know if it's biased, but having experienced that in 2021, uh, especially in that regional, when we beat Charlotte, the place was rocking. Um, it was unbelievable. And I shared that with them. And then when we beat Maryland to go to the Supers against Vandy, it was still rocking. I mean, that place is, then I went, uh, when you guys were, um, I went to this, the regional and the super regional uh, that you hosted uh, a couple years ago. And that was just, uh, you know, just support, obviously, the program, support the coaches. Uh, it was a blast, too. It's just, it's amazing how much noise can be there when it's 6,000 people. It sounds like it's freaking 25, 30,000 people. It sounds like so many people. I, I think the numbers are fudged a little bit, but, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's. I, I equated one to, I was at that super regional and it felt like a jet engine yeah, taking off next to you at times. It um, is. That's what's fun. That's what's awesome. That's where, again, and, and that's where I told our guys, like we have to, you know, you need to experience this. And that's where, um, you know, some people call it a bucket list and I'm, and I want them to, you know, have the blessing of being there, but I want them to enjoy it. And that's part of the scheduling piece too, right? We want to go different places and experience the good things. Uh, and that's what, you know, you want that student athletes experience to be positive. So when they leave, like I had an unbelievable college experience and I know this is going to be one of the things that they're going to be like, ECU is going to be unbelievable when they walk away and everything. Like, this is coach. I'm glad you took us. I'm like, well, let's see how we do first. Right. <laughs> if we had a rough weekend, I'm like, it was awesome. We'd love seeing everybody, but gosh, damn, we got to get better. <laughs> or hopefully we did. Okay. We'll see. Right. Well, coach, we wish you the best of luck on Friday and Sunday and uh, we wish you safe travels out here to, to North Carolina, um, to you and the team. No, I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me on. And like I said, I always root for the pirates except one time this year. So we'll, we'll let, we'll let you not root for us on Saturday. <laughs> that that'll be fine. Thanks for joining us, coach. Uh, yeah, coach. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. You guys take care. You too. Have a good one.
one. Pirates are sitting at five and three on the season. Oh, and three on the road. Oh, and two in midweek games. Got to figure it out. Yeah. Very, very exciting weekend. Uh, Artie, that game on Sunday, if my kid isn't turning my hair gray, that one almost did. That was a wild finish, man. That was a wild finish to a great series and a great game. So, so, um, your your thoughts, like, I mean, ECU, I mean, set a new facility, record crowd of 6,017. Crazy. Uh, surpassing the 6,003 fans that filed into uh, CLS almost a year ago um, to the day on February 24th, 2023. I mean, that last game, it was a bullpen, like, I don't know. It was it was the wildest, one of the wildest college baseball games I've seen. Back and forth, two heavyweights throwing punches, elite starting pitching, questionable bull- bullpens early in the season. I mean, it was everything you could ask for for growing the game of college baseball. It was it was great for the program. Because we got a lot of publicity. I know a lot of people were watching that that weekend series. And it was great for the program to be able to win that. Like you said, two heavyweights. I've been to CLS when it sold out. Five to 6,000 in there really sounds like 15,000 at times. It, it, it gets loud. It gets raucous. Um, and just great for – really great for both programs. It was great for Carolina too. Um, but really, really good for, for ECU. I was expecting a letdown. So, you know, the, the, the walk-off, you know, home run that Old Dominion had to beat us uh, the, the other night. I was expecting that. When you have such a emotional, huge matchup coming off that weekend series with Carolina, I, w- I was absolutely expecting a letdown. I'm, you know, I would have been shocked if it be Old Dominion, but I, I, I wasn't – I was kind of expecting it. I wasn't shocked that we lost that game, especially in the fashion that we did it. Um, I just think we were tired. Uh, but sure, we got to figure it out on the road. I think all of our losses on the road have come by one run. Um, so that's just something that we're going to figure out over time. We're not getting blown out on the road. We're losing to quality competition as well. Uh, but still, nonetheless, five and three, I think we're going to be – I don't see us losing too many games going forward. I, I think we're going to really hunker down and, and, and buckle buckle up. But we've we've seen how good this team can be. We've seen what this team can be at their best and at their best – they can beat anybody in the country. And if they're in the friendly confines of Clark LeClaire Stadium, good luck to anybody that has to walk into that building. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, the jungle was – I had people texting me that didn't go to ECU, don't really follow ECU baseball. I had people that I was like, hey, you're getting into college baseball, watch this game. And they were texting me throughout the game and being like, holy crap, I need to see that. That is a – bucket list it's an experience it's a good experience and um i mean you, you can't beat it but leclerc classic this weekend already uh you got purdue cal state fullerton and southeastern louisiana yeah um we talked about cal state fullerton historical program right four college world series championships um been to been to the big dance 18 times already talk, talk to me about what it, what you think about having a, a school like that coming into ECU. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, you know, obviously they're not as great as they once were, but still, when you carry that name, I ain't as good as I once was. <laughs> when you when you carry that name, though, when you carry that legacy, that history, obviously, and then and it being, you know, as as important as the Leclerc Classic is, um, that's huge. Also, getting a, a a Big Ten school like Purdue, getting a name brand, you know, everybody knows the Purdue name, so that's also pretty pretty huge. And then you know, you know, also you're getting some love in Southeastern Louisiana. I don't know too much about Southeastern Louisiana. They could be a great baseball program. I honestly wouldn't know. Um, but you, you know, showing some love to some of the smaller mid-major schools like them as we are ourselves um but that in itself is is big and that's why i love the the, the leclerc classic because you have big name brands you have smaller brands they're all coming together for that one weekend it's going to be a good weekend of baseball yeah already for sure um southeastern louisiana six and three on the season um beat mississippi valley state 12 to nothing also beat Xavier of Louisiana, not to be confused with Xavier of Cincinnati. Shout out Roll Blob Podcast, uh, 22 to 5 um, on Tuesday. So, and, and beat UAB in a, in a weekend series this past weekend at, at UAB. Yeah. Um, now, as far as, as far as Cal State Fullerton, won a weekend series against Stanford. Uh, didn't have the best weekend last weekend. Had had a midweek game uh, rained out last week against San Jose State. They're not off to the, to the hottest of starts, and Coach Dietrich talked about that. But they've still they're still kind of battle tested. He my my favorite part of the interview was him talking about how he described it to to his team coming into yeah. Clark Leclaire. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And then looking at um, Purdue, they're six and two on the season. And my seeing something wrong, or are they seven and two? Um, their their website's kind of kind of crazy. It look it looks like one thing says seven and two. The the game say. Seven and two, the record says six and two. So we we may have to have that fact checked. Um, but I mean they played Stony Brook and and they played George Mason. They they haven't played anybody. They haven't played nobody. Um yeah. and then That's your regular record. Yeah, you gotta you gotta win the games they put on your schedule. But you put you put your schedule together. They got a test tomorrow inside Clark LeClaire Stadium, East Carolina University at two o'clock. Updated start time. Um, before, I mean, they got to this weekend. They need to take this weekend seriously. They, they got to play Notre Dame uh, on the road on Tuesday a- after this game. So, um, but they're okay. They're they're not they're not world beaters, but they're they've got an okay start to the season. Artie, my take: ECU goes three zero on the weekend. Oh, okay, okay. I don't, another, you know, I, I think another I would broom agree. up on the on the flagpole or on the light pole. I, I think I would agree with you. At home, CLS, Leclerc Classic, like, yeah. And we're sitting at five and three, so I think they know the pressure's on right now. We gotta, we gotta string together a nice little run and get ourselves get ourselves going. So, already to be fair, two of the teams you've lost to are inside the top twenty-five. 
I, I saw somebody put something together earlier. I mean, ECU, their two losses are inside the top 25. The top 10, I think they're combined two and two uh, on the road. And then they're also, they, they haven't played inside the top 25 really. So, look, two midweek losses and, and one weekend loss isn't going to, it's not going to drop you in the standings. Um, now, I think if you go, Five and zero over the next week. You got two games next week against VCU, um, which not a, not a bad team to play. I mean, they they beat NC State opening weekend. Hey, you just got to ECU needs to find one or two guys that can pitch in the midweek and give you a solid five six innings. You do that, you'll be golden. Also, I think I think they need to be a little more aggressive at the plate during the midweek games. For some reason, it seems like they kind of clam up mm-hmm. uh, during the midweek. But that that's just that's my honest opinion. Um, all right, Artie, we're going on an hour, hour and a, hour and about twenty five minutes after the interview. So, wrap this thing on up. Let's see. Walk the plank. You got to walk the plank for me. I honestly do not have to walk the plank. I like the one you picked. I, I know you're about to get into that, but I honestly do not have a walk the plank this week. I'm not. Artie is not upset with nobody. Artie's just happy to be 29 years old. I guess. <laughs> um, all right. UNC Board of Governors announced that there's a new policy um, that was approved that all state universities must seek system president approval to switch conferences. So if the Sun Belt wants to join the American. They or if, if App State wants to join the American, they gotta they gotta submit it to the Board of Governors. The system president can then approve or deny their their move to the American Athletic Conference. If NC State wants to try to jump to the Big Twelve, the the Board of Governors have to decide on that. UNC wants to go to the SEC. I don't think they fit in the SEC. I think they fit more in the Big Ten, but. Let's say they wanted to go somewhere. It has to be approved by by the Board of Governors. Um, quotes from Raleigh News and Observer. The chancellor of any school planning a conference mo- move must provide to the president advanced notice of that move as well as a financial plan associated with it. The uh, president can either approve or reject the plan. If approved, the president must notify the Board of Governors which could then bring the proposal to a vote. If the board rejects it, the school would have to submit a new financial plan. We're starting the approval process. Mm. Okay. Um, UNC voted against Cal, Stanford, and SMU joining the ACC. NC State was originally against them, but then became the flip vote that allowed all three to join. Okay, that's, that's just kind of a – keep that in the back of your mind. All right. This applies to every UNC school system. So ECU cannot move unless the UNC-dominated Board of Governors approve the move. This board is dominated by the two schools in NC State and Carolina. Some members to note, the chair of the board, Randy Ramsey, NC State alum, Kinson native, Lives in Beaufort, North Carolina. His term ends in 2025. Wendy Murphy, the vice chair of the board. She's a UNCW alum. 
But both of her, both of her kids went to NC State. Her ten, term ends in 2025. And then lastly, Pearl Burris Floyd is the secretary of the Board of Governors. She's a UNC alum. Her term ends in 2027. Mm-hmm. So, Artie, there's three votes against right there. The same shit, different day, NC State and Carolina being able to decide what little old East Carolina University can do. Come on now. Get out of here with that bullshit. But does I, I mean, mean that, that anybody across the UNC school system can be a part of the board, right? Like anybody from anybody from any affiliated school. So you can have somebody from App State on the board. You can right. have you see you on the board. You can have somebody from a whatever on the board. So I mean that just means we got to try and infiltrate and get, get somebody on the board. But but it's a it's appointed. You, you got to be appointed and and right. they are heavy on the UNC and NC State appointments. Of course. Of course. We know how to and, and that's why that's why when we were looking for a new chancellor a couple years ago, it was being appointed it somebody that, that's a position that's appointed by a board or the interview process goes through the board. And that's why a lot of ECU fans had had a problem with the process because they were trying to appoint somebody that, that was a UNC guy. Right. So I, I, I like where we're at with, with Chancellor Rogers. Um, he said multiple times he'd come on the podcast, which we just got to get it cleared up. Um, but all in all, it sucks for the public schools in the state of North Carolina because. What shouldn't they want East Carolina to be in the ACC? You would think that they would want ECU to be in a power five conference. You would think that they would want the same for app state. And it just sucks that we've gotten to this point where ECU is still, still having to fight UNC, the UNC overlords. Mm -hmm and trying to get what they deserve. But I digress. Board of Governors walk the damn plank. Um, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do about it? It's the joys of being a public school, a state-funded school. Um, would, you, would you even want to be in the ACC, though? At this no. point, at this point, no. Would I like to be in the Big 12? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we just we feel like more of a Big Twelve school than than we would an ACC school. I mean, we just do. I, I would agree, um, but let let's say that ECU has like goes to Omaha this year in baseball, figures it out in football over the next two years. Next time realignment comes up, the Big Twelve's calling. Hey, we want you to join our conference. Oh, we got to go talk to our friends at the board board of governors. Right, we got to we got to get permission from mom and dad first. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um. All right, Artie, that's all I got. Anything else 
you, you said you don't hate anybody this week. I hate people every week, but that's just who I am. I have a walk to play next week. I can promise you. I have I have some I have something to hate on. So, but I got nothing else. Good good you, show. Hey, you don't have to hate. Don't 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 add hate to your life. Don't add hate. I got enough for the both of us. I'm like, Jerry, you would know, man, because you're getting blocked every week by somebody. So, all right. Check out Variety Sports Network. Make sure you follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at The Boneyard Podcast on TikTok, at Boneyard Podcast on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. If you do, you're a friend of the podcast for life. If you don't, walk the damn plank. Leave us a five-star review. Anything less, you can walk the damn plank. Artie, let's get the hell out of here. Hey, as always, Pirate Nation, we love you. Wash your hands, wash your butts. Till next week. Deuce.